0: Come back! That's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. to piss the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them and everybody else in between, throwing it down on the Monday night to melt as we pick up the pieces of following the fifth Los Angeles Rams victory of the season 24-10. Final score. And yes, the game sucked every bit as much. As the final score would have indicated, game really wasn't as close as the final score would indicate either. The Rams, I guess, were dominant. Not really, but kind of. They won the football game. They shut down the Chicago Bears. Uh, and uh, you know, Bill Parcells, we've been talking a lot about you are what your record says you are. I'm not so sure uh, with the Chicago Bears. Like really, I'm not. I'm not so sure. They really do blow. Like they've got, you know, they've got major problems. And we'll get into it. Uh, throughout the program, I hear this evening is that we're in the mood for uh, some bear bashing uh, tonight. And I proclaim, I proclaim, whatever date it is today, what is it, the 26th? I don't know. Actually, who knows? It doesn't matter because the date is different, like in different places where people are tuning in. So whatever the date is today, uh, Monday night, October the 26th, 7th, whatever the hell it is, um, we declare we are no longer, we're not betting on any Chicago Bear games ever again like for for the rest of the season we're out like for the bears or against the bears we're, we're, we can't take it we're not taking it i'd rather bet on like um i'd rather bet on like the citadel uh, than, a, than a chicago bear game i thought i was 0 and 7 uh it feels like i'm 0 and 7 with the chicago bears but no no we're actually two and five believe it or not this is pretty crazy we started off the season uh 2-0 in bear games we were on the Bears against the Detroit Lions and um we had the New York Giants against the Chicago Bears. Back to back covers baby and now we've lost five straight uh, times. I bet on the Bears they blow. I bet against the Bears they play well and they win. I'm done. I tap out. We're out. <laughs> All right? We're out. But somehow we ma- we managed to go 7 and 4. I got to tell you I'm a good uh, I'm a good salvager. I should be like a Sanford and Son and like, uh, you know, I should pick up garbage for a living. I'm good at it. We scooped up some in-games and we ended up going 7-4 and four when it was all said and done. Although it wasn't a very profitable uh, day. Although last night we talked about that, uh, uh, that Roma ac Milan game going over 2.5 with big Man on campus. Yeah, it went way over uh, 2.5. Paul Bollby's going to step up and then we'll find out where, where the real sharp money went. Or listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenzi. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah. Well, you need to know the winner. And I know the winner. So call me now. Whoa. $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line.
2: Yeah, lay me coach.
0: In the game of my MA
2: mm-hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Not Cincinnati, today. come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money?
0: Portrage late night, the Monday night meltdown. I am Gabriel Marenzi. Uh, we'll track down Paul Bovi somewhere in Los Angeles uh, right now. And shout out to L.A. as uh, the Dodgers are one win away right now from winning a World Series title, something they haven't done in 32 years. Uh, we'll break that down, uh, Bovey. Uh, kicking it in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, we yeah we got East Coast West Coast repping tonight. Paul Bovey, although Paul Bovey's a New Yorker, um, he does live in Los Angeles uh, right now. And uh, George Kurtz, uh, as you can tell uh, by his accent, um, is from Long Island. Um, so yeah, we got we got East Coast West Coast uh, here this evening. Uh, we'll get uh, Paul Bovey on uh, momentarily, as uh, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears uh, fall by 14 tonight to the Los Angeles at Rams, and um, the the Chicago Bears came into tonight as as a five and one football team. And ironically enough, as as like you know, you look at you looked at the Bears, and a lot of people, a lot of people like said, "Ah, oh, the Bears suck. They're the worst five and team. You know, whatever. Everyone's the worst. This team, and everyone's the worst. Everything, right?" But the Bears actually played a tougher schedule than the Rams did. Like the Rams are four and two, but the Rams, all the Rams' wins have come against the NFC East. Like all four of their wins actually were against one division. I don't know why they played you know all these non-division games so early in the season like this, but they did. So it wasn't like the Rams had any impressive wins on their resume either. But you see the Chicago Bears and you see this offense, and you just see the problems and the you know, the play calling is bad, like beyond bad. And it's so bad, in fact, that, that Nick Foles, I remember watching a Bears game. I don't know what it was, man. Like, was it last week or two weeks ago, whatever? And Nick Foles is on the sideline late in the game, and he was mad. He was arguing with Nagy a little bit. And basically, you could see he was telling him, we need to hurry up. And, you know, he was basically telling him, you know, I think Nagy called a timeout, and Whatever. So you can see Nick Foles. Nick Foles is one of the nicer guys in the NFL. So Nick Foles was visibly upset on the sidelines with the coaching staff uh, during a game. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Whatever. And now tonight, I don't know if you heard, Collinsworth uh, dropped it. Um, Was it not Collinsworth? Whoever the hell was doing the game uh, tonight? Oh, Greasy and uh, Lewis Riddick. (laughs) Collinsworth. (laughs) Whatever. It's all the same. Uh, Greasy. We'll get to Greasy in a second. So, yeah, Greasy and Lewis Riddick, uh, Gre- Greasy and Lewis Riddick uh, were talking about, you know, oh we had a conversation with Nick Foles, and Nick Foles told us um, that basically, you know, we asked him, how's it going in Chicago? He goes, well, you know, he goes, uh, you know, well, our coach doesn't understand. He keeps calling plays, and I tell him, we don't have time. I don't have time to throw the ball. We, we can't run that play because we don't have time. And... It's pretty damning, basically, when a quarterback in a casual conversation with the announcing uh, crew drops basically that yeah, the head coach uh, slash you know offensive genius is an idiot and is calling plays that aren't working. And you know all, all you need to see tonight if you're the Chicago Bears, and it's funny because you know bear fans they don't like them, right? They don't like the head coach. And I was like, well, you know you are you know you are four and one, you are five and one, etc., and you're all you're all hating on the guy, but you see why? I mean the guy's a moron. Like what's what's what the hell is Manning? What is his fascination with giving the ball to Corderell Patterson all the time? He's not a freaking running back, all right. The guy's a bust. He's a crap ass wide receiver. You're trying to make him into a running back, and I tell you what, he's a worse running back than he is wide receiver. Oh, he want to get the ball in his hands. How about you get the ball in Alvin Robinson's hands? They were concerned. Oh, Jalen Ramsey on him. It wasn't that Ramsey oh dominated Robinson. They never had an intention of even trying because I don't think they trust Nick Foles. Listen, Mitch Trubisky sucks. Mitch Trubisky sucks, but to me, they have a better chance of winning football games with him on the field than they do Nick Foles. Nick Foles is like a, a sack waiting to happen. How many wide-open receivers did he miss tonight? Like, for touchdowns, Nick Foles had one good game. Carson Wentz, you know, we can rip Carson. People rip up Carson Wentz all you want. We're going to bring Paul Bovey in here, but... People can pick on Carson all you want and whatever. It is what it is. Carson hasn't lived up to the hype. But when we talk about that Super Bowl year, you think if Nick Foles was the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles all that year that they would have been 13-3? and three? As if. Carson Wentz did all the work. Nick Foles came in, beat the Vikings in a playoff game because the Vikings are chokers, and then played one good game in the Super Bowl and has made another $120 million or whatever. Nick Foles blows. He's a nice guy, but he's a terrible quarterback. Let's bring in uh, Paul Bovey right now, who's an excellent handicapper, covers experts.com.
2: Paul, always a pleasure. How you doing? Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in 2013 and was oh, yeah, yeah. almost out of the league a couple years later. But uh, forgot about anyway, that. You know, Chip Kelly. But don't forget, Gabe, you laughed at me last year. I said that Mitch Trubisky would be out of the league in three years. You laughed. Now, I think he's on the cusp of being out of the league in a couple years. I don't think they should bring Nick uh, Mitch Trubisky back in. I-, I-, I think they're better off going with Nick Foles because he gives them the best chance to win. So, and as far as uh, the running back using Cordell, look, the Bears cannot run the football. I happen to have had a prop last week on David Montgomery over 59 and a half yards. He stopped at 58 and on a third down play, instead of running the ball, they threw it. And I I didn't even eclipse the number, but he ran 18 times against a porous California Carolina defense that allowed 121 yards to Todd Gurley the week before on 14 carries and was violated again yesterday <laughs> by the uh, Saints running backs. And he, this guy couldn't get more than three yards of carries. So he's just an alternative for a very poor running game. The play call leaves a lot to be desired. that. Looked like something a la 1978 Barry Switzer and the old wishbone. I don't know what that was.
0: Uh, I agree. Uh, play calling was bad. Um, and that play call was terrible. And, you know, listen, they were going to win the game anyways, but it was a big fourth and one. And, I mean, basically, Buddy had three carries for a yard leading up to that. I don't know why you thought. And they pitch it like four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like you said, it was just college crap. Um, but, I, you know, first things first, let me just backtrack here. I must have been laughing with you because, listen, I've been wrong about quarterbacks before, rarely, but I've been wrong, Paul, but I've never been the president of the Mitch Trubisky fan club.
2: It might have been two years ago. It was when he first broke into the league and, and I, never had, liked I, them. I could just I could just see the writing on the wall that this guy was not qualified to be an NFL quarterback, and I just didn't understand the the draft selection because he
0: well, let me he was, ask
2: had you headed, What? What's no, out? he started 13 oh. games at North Carolina. You
0: know what? The other quarterback, Marvin Williams, put up bigger numbers than he did, right? But he's just another scrambling black guy. So they were like, "Well, screw him. Let he'll go to the CFL, and let's let's bring in Trubisky because look at look at the arm," as you stated, he started like 13 games in his life. But let me ask you. The, you know, the, to, the, to me, you look at the Chicago Bears. The problem is, is, is Ryan Pace. This guy's the problem. The general manager is the problem. Look at the coaching hire. The coach sucks. They hired Mark Helfridge, who was ran the Oregon Ducks into the ground after Chip Kelly left. Zero NFL experience. They made him the OC. Uh, Matt Nagy is proven. He can't get. You know, he can't. The offense is terrible under this guy. And you look at Pace. The guy trades up to get Trubisky. And then he turns around and he gives big money to Nick Foles. He's spending a ton of money on quarterbacks. He's got two crappy quarterbacks. The general manager of the Bears sucks. Like, let's just be real. He's a problem. All right, we're going to hit this and more, but whatever. We know the Bears are terrible, but, you know. And I even went 7-4 and four tonight. I'm still angry. It's just sports rage. Come on, you stupid horse! I got my last ten
2: bucks on you! No, don't look at me! Run! No, don't come over here! Uh,
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Horse race late night. Oh, Paul be kicking it with us. Uh, Paul, I'm sure you know that feeling, huh? You love that? Crusty the clown, run, you stupid horse! No, not at me! The horse comes over. (laughs) The horse comes over to him in the stands. (laughs) Not at me! (laughs) It's just' I
2: got plenty of stories. don't worry, uh
0: yeah, I'm sure I'm should, sure. but one of
2: my favorite horse stories
0: ever is from uh from a man I know you know as well, Mark Lawrence, class act Mark Lawrence, one of the nicer men you'll meet uh, in this business and um so Mark Lawrence used to have horses at Gulfstream and he told me about how once he's there, he's at the track and their horse wins, and it was like a good nice horse and stuff, big time, you know. I don't know it was like 15, 20. He said it was one of their more expensive horses, and the horse won. Paul. And after the race, the horse kept going. It jumped the rail. It just kept going. <laughs> he didn't stop. Like he literally, <laughs> and he left the grounds of uh, of Gulfstream. They found him in a backyard, hanging out in someone's backyard in a pool, like he was like drinking what? water from a pool. Yeah, yeah. Like literally three <laughs> hours later, no joke. Like, they, like, the cops, animal, like, control, and, like, the whole nine yards. Like, there was, like, Mark, yeah, I swear to God, Mark Lawrence, he told us, like, how the horse didn't get killed. Like, Mark said, like, he basically, like, ran across a busy road. Like, yeah, and he ended up in, like, a neighborhood, and he, he found a pool in the backyard, and he was chilling. They found him a couple hours
2: later. Crazy. That's uh, <laughs> that's incredible. I've, 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 I want to read about that online because that, I've never heard of something like that, Gabe. Never. Yeah, I know. It's you know what? Our horse, Conflict Diamond, um, I knew.
0: I swear, Paul, I knew we were in trouble. I'm watching a race before, and I told myself I wasn't going to be a meddlesome owner, but I should have been more meddlesome. Anyways, so, but, so you know, I'm watching, like, the, uh, I'm watching the horse run around the track, and uh, it's, it's it's harness racing, so I'm watching it you up, know, like, five, ten, ten minutes before the race, and then, Paul, I see our horse sort of on the infield, kind of, <laughs> and and I see him, Paul, running in the opposite direction of everybody. And I call my guy at the track. I'm like, "Bro, like, what the hell's going on?" He goes, "Ah, oh, he's rattled because there's a delay and whatever." No, man, his foot, like his hoof, was cracked. He was injured. We didn't know. And whatever they, you know, we ran him. And he was trying to tell us. He tried to leave, Paul. Like they're smart, right? He tried to leave. He turned around. He tried to walk back to the stable. And uh, our driver, of course, kept him out on the track, and then whatever the rest is history. He was never the same. We, didn't, he, he, we found
2: out after that his hoof was cracked in half. Wow, wow! So the the horse did he did he ever run again?
0: Yeah, yeah. He cost us like you know fifteen thousand dollars. Took like six months to rehab him. Came back, never had the same speed never never had the same speed um we had to we we sold him lost money on it uh he's won once like in a few years he's old now he's probably like 9 10 years old now right you know he's, he's getting up there but listen i don't have to tell you you know the horse racing business Paul. it's a it's a, it's a hideous bitch goddess isn't it yeah, to me i listen yeah, he, he uh, you can tell people better than me Paul, but
2: if you want to get involved just bet it right don't get involved owning a horse it's it's fun, Gabe, but it can be very expensive. You get these bills coming from out of the clouds. Like you think everything's taken care of and then the vet comes out and then the guy that puts the shoes on comes out and then he needed a little medication and then he had a hemorrhoid. You name it, you'll get a bill for it. So it's exciting and it's great if you get to the winner's circle, but understand that comes with a price, sometimes a very hefty one. <laughs> very
0: hefty one, yes, sir. Uh, you just uh, you just spelled it out very eloquently uh, right there. All right, so twenty-four uh, ten tonight, uh, Paul. The uh, the Rams get it done. I salvaged it. You know what? I I looked at the props tonight. I know you're a big prop player, so I'll, you know, I'll tell you this. So I saw that Miller's prop was two and a half. I saw that uh, Graham was three and a half, and Mooney was two and a half. And you know, I'll pat myself on the back for this. Even though if I'm the Bears, I would have thrown the ball to Robinson more. I knew they were going to shy away from Jalen Ramsey, and they did even more than I thought they would. So we actually go three and zero with those wide receiver props with the Bears. So I thought that was some sharp capping. Despite their ineptness on offense, we still hit those props, and we hit a bunch of in game unders: thirty-seven and a half, thirty-eight and a half. I hit a bunch of unders, but I, I got to admit I was stupid enough to think the Bears could cover the spread before the game started, Paul.
2: Well, uh, you know, I just didn't like the offense. Uh, They just showed me nothing. Look, I had them against Carolina last week. I may even have given it out on the show. And they were just life and death to hold on. And if you look down the schedule, I mean, 17-13 against the Giants. They survived by a play. This was, I mean, in my write-up, because I did have the uh, Rams tonight, and I posted it on on covers in Vegas Insider. They were just an accident waiting to happen. You can't win without a running game in the NFL consistently because eventually that's going to come back to haunt you. And this entire year, they've not been able to get David Montgomery off except for that opener against Detroit. And I think he ran for 84 yards in that one. But outside of that, nada.
0: Paul Bovey covers experts.com uh, uh, with us. So, Paul, the Thursday nighter the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers, I'm seeing it two and a two-and-a-half on the board right now. Falcons managed to lose a game again uh, yesterday. Everyone's talking about the Todd Gurley stuff or whatever. Don't let them score a touchdown after. And, you know, they went for it instead of kicking a field goal with about seven minutes left in the game. They just find ways to lose. I'm surprised the number – you know, people don't buy into Carolina – And they didn't, they, you know, I was on him yesterday and they covered the spread. Teddy Bridgewater, guys, um, he's racking up the covers right now as a starting quarterback. What's it up to now? 32 and 10 uh, as a starting quarterback um, against the spread. 42 starts. He's covered 32 times. At least Carolina show up like enthusiastic on the field, Paul. Like Atlanta's got it. Like their soul's been stolen. their, Their will's been broken. I like the Carolina Panthers here. Minus two and a half. What's your take on this one? Early number right now.
2: Well, first of all, don't let Todd Gurley off the hook. I mean, this guy, I get it. Uh, uh, last year, he slid down, and I think he did it twice. And yeah. both times, personally, Gabe, it worked against me. But <laughs> <So> understanding <laughs> a reasonable man that he was doing the prudent thing and in the best interests of winning, I didn't hold it against them. In fact, I was actually, uh, I praised them because I thought it was a very unselfish play and uncharacteristic of a typical NFL player who would want to go in and uh, garner the accolades associated with scoring a touchdown. So yesterday, I have the Falcons on the money line, and I took a bad number at the beginning of the week, but I was able to get out uh, some of it at plus 175 with Detroit, plus 180 with Detroit when they were down by seven. But I took a lot back at plus three and plus four live. So I stood to do very well if Atlanta just held on and won by that skinny number. But what do they do? Todd Gurley goes in and scores that touchdown. And Faynes trying to stop at the goal line. Come on, Todd. you got to do a better job. You've been around for a few years. And by the way, Todd Gurley is one step from the glue factory. Outside of that game against Carolina, 14 for a buck, 21. He's 108 for 364 which is barely NFL caliber. It's, it's about three and a half yards a carry, and that's all he's good for. As far as Thursday night goes, Gabe, the problem with the Carolina Panthers, and just ex- expounding on what you said about Teddy Bridgewater, he's been a very efficient quarterback. Yesterday, 23-28, to 254, took care of the football, kept his team in the game, while Drew Brees on the other side, very efficient, 29-36 made a, uh, a, a household name out of Marquez Cab Callaway, who went off for eight catches for 75, coming into the game with only five catches. But Carolina does not stop the run. They couldn't stop Kamari yesterday. They could not uh, stop Latavius Murray. Both of them had successful games. Like I said, Gurley went through him, And part of that is injury, Gabe. Matos is out, short one on the IR. They, they just can't stop the run. So I can't back Carolina here. I know what you're saying. He's been efficient. He keeps them in ball ballgames. Uh, he, he's a master of the short pass, but he can throw long. Uh, but Atlanta, you're right. They find ways to lose. So what am I going to do? I'm going to probably take a pass on the game, maybe play it live. But I will look for... As you do, I'll look for a few props and add a nice night on the props with some obscure ones tonight, including Micah Kaiser over six-and-a-half tackles. He started out slow, <laughs> only had two in the first half, but he uh, finished up strong, and he ended up with eight. Paul Bovey, I know you crushed it with the props yesterday the International Football League. Uh,
0: what about the total of 49 right now, Atlanta and Carolina? feels like there should be points in this football game, right?
2: I I think there's going to be points, Gabe, but uh, again, I'm I'm not rushing into it. It's very hard to play under with an Atlanta Falcon football team. Their defense has not been stout at all, and again, Carolina cannot stop the run. And if Gurley happens to get off here, which is unlikely, because he again. Won't. They don't run the ball well, but if he happens to get off and you have the three-headed monster in, which has not been the case, the norm this year for Atlanta, because usually one of those guys has been hurt. They're very tough to defend. If Ridley, Gage, and Julio are in simultaneously, Matt Ryan is obviously a more effective quarterback, even though he's he's been fading though too. He's He's lost some velocity. Paul
0: Bovey with it. You have a bunch of two and a half point points on the board. Two and a half in the Atlanta-Carolina game. Pulse late. Two and a half in Detroit. Raiders getting two and a half in Cleveland. Bring
1: it.
2: Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi.
0: Rage all you want.
2: Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Jerry.
0: Sports Rage late night. It's a lock. Kicking it with a man uh, that uh, crushes it. Crushes the locks. Paul Bovey covers experts in the house uh, with us. We're talking NFL, though. I want to get to some college uh, football. I know Paul's already jumped in on a couple of college football games. Let's just blast through the NFL numbers like we do every Monday with Paul. Paul gets excited and says, I bet it already. Let me ask you then, without uh, don't tell us the game yet. Have you pulled the trigger yet? Yeah, Yeah, you know the rules now. (laughs) Have you pulled the trigger on any NFL games yet?
2: Have you bet any? I did. I did, and I, I don't like what I played. I may play it back, but I'm going to wait and see. I played the over on the uh, Bengals and the Titans at 54 and a half. It immediately went to 55 55 and, a half, and it's backed off. And the problem is that the Bengals have two offensive linemen out. When you've been sacked 28 times, like Joe Burrow has this year, in seven games, that's an average of four per game for those of you who are mathematically challenged. <laughs> He's been under siege, and if they don't have blocking for Joe Burrow and it gets any worse, uh, I fear that the Bengals won't score enough here. So uh, I, I may jump out of the game. I don't know. I, I banged it a couple times. We'll see.
0: Uh, word on the street is the Bengals are about to clean house, too. Um, as far as the, the NFL trade deadline is coming up, it's election day, actually, the trade deadline. Same day, and um, it's smart though, the Bengals. It's not like a negative thing. Uh, basically, they have a bunch of veterans, they're rebuilding, they want out anyways. There's no reason to have a guy like Atkins in the room when you know you have a bunch of young guys, so you want you want to build a new culture, and they're not going anywhere anyway, so it, it makes sense, but I don't you know AJ. Green wants out, but dude, you make a lot of money, you're always hurt, and you know you haven't been good in a long time. Let's just be real. So, all right, so as I stated, guys, a bunch of two-and-a-half point spreads. So the Indianapolis Colts, minus two-and-a-half at Detroit. Cleveland Browns, minus two-and-a-half hosting the Raiders. OBJ out for the year, unfortunately. Uh, Rams just played tonight, minus three-and-a-half at Miami. Green Bay Packers, minus six-and-a-half against the Vikings. Buffalo Bills, minus four against the Patriots. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, wow, 19-and-a-half right now. The biggest number of the year so far Chiefs, 19.5. Ravens, minus 3.5, hosting the Steelers. Steelers get another heavyweight tilt after beating Tennessee this week. Tennessee, Paul talked about it. Total 54.5 at Cincinnati. Titans laying 5.5. Chargers. I tell you what, I think the Chargers are about to go on a little bit of a run. Uh, Their schedule softens up. Chargers, minus 3 at Denver. Total 45.5. Saints, minus 3 against the Bears. Seahawks, minus three, hosting the, uh, the 49ers next week. Dallas Cowboys and Ben DiNucci get seven and a half at Philadelphia. And uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, ten and a half to the Giants. I'm intrigued by quite a few games, actually, uh, Paul, this week. So let me throw one at you here. What do you think about the Bills number? I was surprised that the Bills weren't a little bit bigger favorites uh, here. What do you think about the Bills laying four?
2: Well, first of all, I'm no Cam Newton fan. I, I think the guy, uh, everybody wants to protect the guy. Uh, you know, his numbers are, are pathetic. If you take out 2015, it's like Tony Basil with our one hit, and that's it. Because if you take the rest of it, it's it's a lot of nothing. he uh, has got about 145. 145- hey, yeah, that's it. Mickey, and that's uh-uh. it. Frankie goes to Hollywood, too. We could throw that one in there as well. Relax. But uh, Tony Basil, uh, yeah, one hit wonder. Cam Newton, one hit wonder. 2015, outside of that, he's like 145 touchdown passes to 104 interceptions. But be that as it may, the Bills still cannot stop the run. Uh, Frank Gore went off 11 carries for 60 yards. They went off, the Jets did, I think it was 22 for 99. And that's going to be a problem. Cornerbacks are out. Matt Milano was out again. Uh, I think the only reason the Jets did not score, uh, and I should have backed off because I took the Jet team total over 16 and a half, and then you had uh, their best receiver, Crowder, was declared out on Saturday, which left them – they they can't move the football without without uh, Crowder in the lineup. I mean, Perriman's okay, but he's not a number one. And uh, Donald threw for all of 120 yards. By the way, I think there was the Buffalo didn't punt the entire oh. game and managed to put up only 18 points.
0: Get this, Paul. First uh, team.
2: Josh Allen put
0: up some. First team, Paul. I'm sorry. The Bills. The Bills are the first team since 1941 to win an NFL game without scoring a touchdown and without punting.
2: Yeah, like, uh, kind of, kind of awkward.
0: They didn't score a touchdown, Try but to they didn't
2: punt once. For- <laughs> Yeah, and they didn't they didn't cover the number, and uh, the Jets still had a chance Bass to try the that. game. I'm sorry.
0: You can thank the 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 kicker of the Bills. He missed a 35 yarder and a 45 yarder, 37 yarder and a 45 yarder. He made five field goals, True. but he missed it, two it, chip it,
2: shots. It, well, it, it got me a cover because they did take the Jets, and I, I I don't know why I stuck with it. I have to tell you because once Crowder went out, I should have jumped off, but I got lucky. But anyway, the, the the glaring weakness of the Buffalo Bills is not being able to stop the run. And New England did run the ball yesterday. It was just the cam was so very bad, and he had missed an open receiver. And uh, can New England stay in this game? Look, you—they're you, a well-coached football team, and I refuse to believe that this team will throw in the towel. The defense was was terrible yesterday this is supposed to be one of the top defenses but they lost a lot of players they lost Patrick Chung and they lost Van Oy. and obviously it's made a huge difference and right now in the Brady-Belichick war Brady's uh Brady's opened up some distance
0: Paul Bovey covers experts kick it with us on Sports Ridge Late Night I am Gabriel Morency shout out to all of our affiliates including a mightier 1090 SoCal uh, in the house. Paul Bowlby kicking it in Los Angeles with us. Let's shift gears into uh, some college uh, football. One of my I had a good start to the day. It was a real roller coaster for me on Saturday. Started off hot, uh, ran into a buzzsaw with the Mountain West. I managed to, like, Mountain West was a disaster. I lost, like, every Mountain West bet. <laughs> but I did really well during the day, and I went 4-0 and to UFC, whatever. Uh, yeah, was, I was all over the place. But one of my wins... One of my wins was uh, Rutgers at Michigan State, and I thought it was too many points. I didn't know they were going to go in there and win the game outright as easily as they did. Uh, but of course, Greg Schiano was back right now uh, up there in Piscataway, and uh, of course, so, you know we were close to that program uh, living there, Paul. So I followed Rutgers. I followed the recruiting. They got a nice basketball program too, but the football program is going to go in the right direction. With Schiano, don't play around. And uh, you saw the results already in week one and they are not getting a lot of respect in week two. Everyone's high on Indiana because of that upset win against uh, against Penn State. But the number feels a little high to me here. What's your take on this football game?
2: It feels high to me, too. And I love the fact that Chiano is back coaching the team. It's it seems like he's back where he belongs. It's like he's back with his old girlfriend and they were meant to be. And they they started out great. Uh, they did benefit by quite a few turnovers. There was a lot of steam in that number, Gabe. That came down like seven points off the opener. I think it closed at nine and a half. And the uh, the victory wasn't really in jeopardy the entire way. Rutgers pretty much led from start to finish. But I, I I didn't see a lot in Indiana. By the way, I took it on the chin with that other running back. It was like I was hit with a one-two counter because I also had the under in the second half of that game and all that running back had to do was fall down. But, hey, that running back's 19 years old. Todd Gurley, I, I think, is a little older than that. But uh, that one didn't work against me. But I didn't think Indiana was all that impressive. I, I really didn't. And I certainly think that may have taken some wind out of their sails. And Rutgers, I think, will will play hard for Ciano. And it seems like too many points. The market went with me initially. I took it at 12 and a half. It went down to 11 and a half. Now it's sitting at 13 and a half. So uh, there are those uh, or one that may disagree with me. But it's not a huge play, but I do think Rutgers stays in the game.
0: we got a couple more minutes in this segment, uh, Paul. Uh, what else did you uh, take a look at um, in the Big 12 uh, this week?
2: Well, this, this Baylor team, I have to tell you, if you look at game one, I'm throwing out the Kansas game because any team that plays Kansas, uh, except for the New York Jets, is going to roll over them by forty or fifty points. So, and and that's happened this year. They've been blown out in every game. So anyway, Baylor starts out big win over Kansas, but then they go to West Virginia and they rack up all of two hundred and fifty-six yards, and it took two overtimes to do that. Their running back ran it fourteen times, twenty-three yards, and then Texas. Uh, last week, 320 yards of offense, 150 of which came when it was 20 to 3, and 118 of that when it was 27 to 3. Now, if you look at the team that Baylor is playing this week in TCU, TCU played Texas head to head and beat them. They beat them by two points. Uh, they were much more effective, they have a much better offense. Uh, The defense is certainly comparable and the number only opened up two and a half, went as high as three and a half, back to two and a half. TCU is a much better team than this Baylor uh, squad that's basically living off, I think, last year's success, prior year's success. They're not a very good football team. I also, Gabe, I like Missouri here. If you look at Florida... They were upset by uh, Texas A&M. Kellen Mond, quarterback for A&M, 25 at 35 for 358. Now Mond only went 17 to 28 for a buck 89 versus Vandy, 13 of 23 for 139 versus Mississippi State. Florida also to Matt Corral of Mississippi, 22 of 31 for 395. Their pass defense is very soft. Defense overall is very soft, and you got a corner quarter, quarterback in this Connor Basilak that won 29 to 34 for, uh, for over 400 versus LSU. I think he will be able to pass the football. You're getting 13, 13 and a half points, and I just think it's too many. Even though Kyle Trask is chasing this Heisman Trophy, I, I just think that this number is, is too high. Uh, Missouri has a better defense. They have a solid offense. The game should stay close.
0: Paul Bovey covers experts kick with us on sports rage late night. I am Renzi. I like where you're going with these picks. I can't disagree with any of them, but I tell you what, for people that haven't seen the quarterback at TCU, uh, man, this kid can play. Max Douglas, this kid can play. Uh, Paul, big fan. You know, it's one of these deals. You can tell with these college quarterbacks real early. Right? I mean, especially nowadays. It used to be the kids would sit on, you know, the sidelines for two years. Now they sit on the sidelines for two minutes, and they get impatient. So, you know, it was one of these deals. The first time I saw this kid take the field, I'm like, ooh, ooh, TCU have themselves a quarterback.
2: Hey, by the way, Gabe, I sucked last week. I gave out, uh, I'll admit it, I gave out Florida State. I mean, I was a little giddy when yeah, they went I was up seven, nothing. <laughs> but uh, that giddiness ended real quick. Uh, right Louisville over, just least. blew him out. So, well, I, I, I actually hedged it by taking—I hedged it by taking the Louisville team total over 31 and a half. I, Unfortunately, I didn't take it for uh, the entire amount of my outlay on Florida State. Now listen, Paul. we got a couple
0: of minutes on the other side. Think of a pick or two on the way out. we got a couple of minutes with Paul Polby. We'll squeeze in some World Series talk with Paul as well. Break it. Range, late night, man. Level one has just flown by. Quickest 120 minutes in sports. As always, no exception title with Paul Paulby. So, Paul, you're in Los Angeles. Uh, the L.A. sports fans, uh, man, you know, people don't realize in Los Angeles, there's two people, you know, USC used to be popular, but they're not anymore. UCLA basketball isn't what it is. It's a Laker town, but the Dodgers are massive. Like, the Dodgers and Lakers are the kingpins. And, of course, the Lakers win the title. Dodgers are on the verge of this. It'd be pretty massive for LA to win both uh, of these yet. They've been they they were one win away before, right? And you know, they lost the game seven to Houston before. So they're not there yet. Uh but um, you know, we've got great memories. Uh, you know, it's just one baseball is they get that sentimentality. And think about my mother, may she rest in peace, taking me to the Dodger game when I was like six years old and, and I met the players and You know, living in L.A., I went to 63-81 games one year, Paul. You know, just the Kirk Gibson home run, Fernando Valenzuela. I'm a big historian buff when it comes to the Brooklyn Dodgers going back. Because, you know, I'm from Montreal, and the the Montreal Royals were the Brooklyn Dodgers farm team. So Jackie Robinson played in Montreal before he played in Brooklyn. Um, They all did. Duke Snyder and like, like all these guys played in Montreal with the Montreal Royals. So there's also that connection there. So I'm very fired up, yet I know it's not going to be easy. Uh, Have you been betting the World Series, Paul?
2: You know, Gabe, I I can't help but entertain myself. So even though I'm not uh, a student of the baseball game in the current day and I'm not an aficionado, I was back in the day. I mean, I I can remember going to – Paul's a big Met fan. I, I was a Met fan, but I can remember waiting for the schedule to come out in, like, the 70s. And I always um, looked for the Dodgers first. And I remember back then, it was uh, Walter Alston was signing all yeah, of these yeah. one-year contracts. And I, I just remember the players like Manny Moda and Willie we Davis. They got to go and, already, Paul. Uh, yeah, the great Walter oh, oh, Okay, Rousey, so. so, yes. Are they going to win? Yeah, the answer to the question is yes. So I wish I'll you luck, Gabe, on the World Series. Thank you for having me on, buddy. Thanks, Paul. Level one done. That was quick. Bring it.